Hey everyone, Jack here, TNC Podcast Time, episode number 63. I hope you're all doing really well. Uh, thank you all for the support on last week's episode on iTunes. I know I only do this little sound clip um, before we actually get into it for the for the SoundCloud and iTunes listeners, so thank you. Uh, if you are enjoying the podcast, please do leave a five-star review. Um, you seem to love Dan O'Hagan. Last week we've got another commentator on this week going by the name of Chris Gorham. Yes, you all know him, the, the the voice of Norwich City, Radio Norfolk commentator. And you know what? We, we filmed the podcast pretty early on in this series with Chris, and, and I absolutely love Chris Gorham. I really do. Not only um, as, a, as a fan um, listening to him on the radio, but I was lucky enough to work with Chris. Um, how long ago was that? Over a year ago now. He gave me my first proper job in in the media. Um and he he gave me some some shifts at Radio Norfolk because I think I'd just turned sixteen at the time, so it was it was quite a big deal for me and a and a bit of a gamble I guess for them. Um, and he gave me the most amazing support and love and guidance over the time I was there. And and I'm just so thankful for everything Chris does, not only for Norwich in general, but also what he's done for me. And and I'll be forever grateful for that. Um, in terms of Norwich, there's a lot to talk about. The day we recorded this podcast, Steve Stone stepped down as managing director. We talk in depth about that. We talk in depth about the Derby game and the Stoke game and the international break coming up. And also, just have a bit of a laugh, really. There's a lot of food chat, as there always is. Um, And also a lot of chat about service stations. So if you like service stations, then this is the podcast for you. Um, Just basically a massive thank you, guys. I I really do appreciate it. Um, Yeah. From the bottom of my heart, thank you so much, and uh, and I hope you enjoy this podcast because I really do enjoy filming it. I mean that, and, and I know Chris does as well. So yeah, thank you. Um, have a lovely week, and, uh, and and enjoy this. Hello, and welcome back to episode number sixty-three. Yes, we are that far in now of the TNC podcast. We had Dan O'Hagan here last week. Chris Gorham here this week. Hello, it's good to have you back, mate. Good to see you, Jack. Yeah, good Chris, to see you again. Right. You are. Um, how are you? All right, thank yeah, you. Yeah, I am. I'm, I'm a bit like um, Alex Tetty these days. At my age, I struggle with uh, two games in a week. Yeah, so to have had seven <laughs> in, in three weeks, you know, the old knees. Yeah. Well, Alex Tetty's kind of reformed, though, isn't he? He's been brilliant. Are you going to have like a second coming? <laughs> I'm still waiting for the first one. Yeah. Um, yeah I, he's been one of many real success stories over the last month. Yeah. And so have you, Chris. Well, I wouldn't so have you. Far. Yeah. Chris, good to see you again. Thank you very much. Um, Likewise, Jack. I yeah. see you every week. Yeah. Sadly. Um, I think my mum's going to be happy as well. She commented last week. Oh, right, okay. She watches the podcast every week, one of our two viewers. Um, and she said, it was good to see everyone wearing a shirt. And I've seen Chris okay. in the shirt again. Yeah. yeah, I thought I'd smarten up a little bit. Yeah. You always rock up in a shirt. And I, I mean, this is how I dress for work. So I thought yeah. I'd just keep it on. I'm just yeah. normally a bit stinky. So trying not to put off the guest, but you know. Same. We're all, we're all in the same. We're all just we're very same. smelly we've men. All had, we've all had a day doing proper jobs, and this is something we're doing yeah. for fun. Yeah, indeed, indeed. Um, now, I want to get the awkward topic out of the way straight away. Now, I had Dan O'Hagan on last week. Oh, yeah. I must admit, I was surprised that this didn't hit the front page of the EDP and lead story on Nick Conrad's breakfast show. Dan O'Hagan yeah. admitted that his stationery collection 
is better than yours. Oh, my God. Um, now, I want to give you a, a right to reply, Chris. What is that? What did he say? Um, he basically said that his pen collection is, yeah. is, is one of the finest out there and, I, and trumps yours. I wouldn't disagree with him. He's Goodness gracious. No, fight your corner, no, no, Chris. He's, he's been doing it longer than I have. Uh, and, um, yeah, I, I've got a proper job at the radio station to do as well. You say he doesn't have a proper job. So. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> I, I, yeah, I, I'm, I would say that he, I've seen him talk about stationery before. Yeah. I know that's one of his, his he loves it, subjects. Yeah. He so loves a pen, doesn't all, he? All commentators do love pens to some extent, mm. but I, I cannot hold a candle to, to Dan O'Hagan and his love of stationery, so mm. he can have that one. How's your notepad holding up this year? I know you get it's a note, right. new notepad yeah, overseas. It's all right so far. Still, still got it. Well, there we go then. So um, now one tea spill on it so far this season. Already? Yeah. Mark Walton's fault. Mark Walton. <laughs> I was going to blame Seddy. No. no, no, it's not Seddy's fault. No, he's, uh, he'd be getting a quass on it or something like that. Some, <laughs> some dried pastries. Um, anyway, um, actual news broke today. Um, it was all very positive. And now we've got something to moan about again, Chris. Mm. Steve Stone has left Norwich City. Um, yeah. Managing director. What do you make of it? Um, my initial reaction was just worry. Um, and then I've, I've looked into it a bit deeper and I feel like the, the the people that are stepping up have got the the, the right credentials to, to to step into Steve Stone's shoes. Um, but I would just like to say thanks to Steve, really, because he steadied the ship very well, in my opinion. Um, he was a, he was a very honest guy. I'm sorry, I'm talking like he's dead. He's not dead, is he? And <laughs> um, I just thought I've got a lot of respect for Steve Stone because he came out um, with this the, the new build of the project of course, with Weber, but he was just so honest and frank and, and always had time for the fans and, and um, any person in Steve's power um, that, that makes the opportunity to actually just be nice to fans as well. Um, I think we've lacked that previously, so um, I've got a lot of time and respect for him. So I'm, I'm a bit sad to see him go. Chris, you were probably on your early shift this morning expecting a, a nice quiet morning, <laughs> although it's never quiet, is it, in, in Radio Norfolk Towers. Michael Bailey. Not with Nick Conrad about. Goodness me. <laughs> no, he does like to talk hard, Nick, doesn't he? Um, <laughs> oh, Nick. Oh, Nick. It sounded like something out of Oasis then, didn't I? Um, so, yeah. Michael Bailey breaks the, breaks the story of the EDP. It's kind of come out of nowhere, this, doesn't it? I mean, everything well, seemed to be going steady, yeah, but I'd you say, know differently. I'd say it has and it hasn't. There were whispers around Carroll Road on Saturday that something like this might be coming. Um, myself and, and Rob Butler had conversations with... with two or three fans who were asking us if we knew what was going on with Steve Stone, which at the time did seem quite surprising. Mm. But you look into it and he wasn't at the game on Saturday. And then subsequently we had an interview with Robin Sainty from the Canaries Trust mm. on, on the air this morning. And he tells us that I think even last week he emailed Steve Stone and got something back from him, an automatic response saying he was on indefinite leave from the club. So most people have only found out about it today. The club mm. have only made a proper comment on it today and confirmed his departure and of course we've spent the last few weeks focusing on the great results that have been going on on the pitch which is nice which is great but it does seem that perhaps something has Mm. been bubbling away behind the scenes at Carrow Road And, and as we often say there are two very different sides of Norwich City, aren't there? There's yeah. the, the players, Stuart Weber, Daniel Farker, that side of it, mm. which we all love talking about. And there's what goes on with the business side of the club that can sometimes catch us by mm. surprise because we're not always looking in that direction. So I don't know exactly what has gone on. I think it's interesting because I've interviewed Steve Stone a lot uh, over the recent months and mm. some of the plans that he's put in place, and I'm thinking about things like the Academy Bond. Mm. A resounding yeah, success. Well, yeah. yeah, a success, but things that he has been front and centre of and seemed to be for the long term yeah. and seemed to be, you were interviewing him 
even at the Nest recently when they, they opened that, the, the CSF um, project, you, I was talking to him as if he was going to be part of the long term. Mm. The fact that he's gone now is quite surprising. I'm, I'm sure it will all come out into the wash as to exactly why it's happened. I think I found him always very good to deal with. I think mm. he did a great job in terms of building bridges between the club and the fans. And yeah. I think the best thing you can say for Steve Stone, although he was a, a money man and accountant first and foremost, and is that he got football. He's a proper football yeah. supporter, mm. a Coventry fan. I think he was fairly open about that. Mm. But I don't know how many people know this, but he followed England home and away for a number of years. Really? He, he even went out to the World Cup in Russia right. um, and saw two or three of England's games there. Not with the Prawn Sandwich Brigade, not getting tickets from the FA because he works in football. He went as a fan. And wow. he's, he's somebody who's followed England away for Big a number Steve. of years. And I think, that's a great, I think that just showed that whatever you think of the job he did, Norwich had somebody there who was a proper football fan mm. who got football fans and that's why he he came across so well when he spoke to them so yeah I mean the fact that Norwich have moved so quickly to announce this restructure shows that this has been on the cards clearly for some time mm. while we've been looking at what's been happening on the pitch Chris I think we forget don't we that Steve Stone was, was first appointed as financial director his, his um his background was with, I think, franchising sort of bingo firms. So it was, it was an interesting route into football. But his his role changed so much. Jez Moxie was appointed. He then kind of stepped into the interim chief executive role and then I'm a managing sorry. director. The guy was, I think, Chris, you wrote today about Tim Close kind of steadying the ship over the past 18 months. Did you? We yes. read it. Fair play. <laughs> 18 months, or Steve Stone has been that man who's, who's sort of held the back room together, hasn't he? He's, he's done a, a good job at Norwich. I think so, but I don't know. As Chris said, I don't really know enough about that side to, to comment on it too much. I ju- I, I've just got a lot of respect mm. for, for the work that he's done, and to, to for me, in, in my opinion, I think that there is. And I don't want to. I'm not staring, but this is just my honest opinion. I think that something bigger is maybe happening here. I, I get the sense. I just it seems so odd for it to happen the way it's happened, but also quite well calculated because, of course, it's the international break coming up. So. Mm. For me, it's very interesting, and I'm I'm very fascinated by by what what's going on there. Yeah, I don't know how well calculated it is because we, having had these conversations on Saturday, we did go to the club on Saturday night and say that we've heard this. Is there anything going on? And and what they were saying at the time was, you no, know, Steve's just away from the club at, at the moment. So mm. we weren't given any indication on Saturday that this was imminent. Yeah. I think the fact that it's appeared. Um, on the front page of the EDP today we've then been able to talk about what we've mm-hmm. heard yeah. um, mm-hmm. that's opened it up fans then know about it and within hours the club are saying something so mm-hmm. without it coming out I don't know whether we would still know about it so whether I, how calculated it is I don't know but the fact that they had a, a statement seemingly ready to go and a solution and the next step ready to go shows that you know, they, this, this mm-hmm. has been bubbling under for some time I mean, whether we knew it or not the whole kind of calculation of it is, is interesting I think Steve Stone is gone it now means that we either appointed another Steve Stone or the restructuring that's just happened or happened not so long ago has to happen again now two people are going to be t- essentially taking on Steve Stone's roles Ben Kensel and um, what's her first name sorry Zoe Ward Zoe Ward, Zoe Ward. so what do we make of this Chris what's going to be happening now because we've lost a, a man who was, was well liked by fans we now adopt two people who are currently at the club who are now taking on their roles. It seems like another an interesting restructuring, considering we've yeah. just overhauled the club already. Well, I, I, if I could underline one, one thing you said in one of Dan O'Hagan's red pens there, it, it would be the fact <laughs> you said two people currently at the club. And yeah. I think that's key. I mm. think they are, as a football club, generally happy with the direction things are going in on the pitch. 
the policies they've got off the pitch, the relationship they've got with supporters. So they have just promoted or moved two people who have been involved in that process behind the scenes. You know, mm-hmm. Steve Stone, yes, he was the managing director. Yes, he was making a lot of the big calls, but he wasn't doing it all by himself. There's yes. a whole team of people behind the scenes at the club. Yeah. So it, the fact they haven't gone to find somebody else from, from outside mm-hmm. the club suggests that they're trying to keep the disruption to a minimum here. And those who've worked closely with Ben Kensel, and I've met him a few times now a bit, but looking at... The, what people have said on social media, those that have worked with him, a lot of people have got lots of nice things to say about him. So you can only be encouraged mm. by that, really. I don't think Norwich are idiots. They're just like any other business. They're in business, there's a thing called the hit by the bus technique. So Is that Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And so basically what happens is if I get hit by a bus tomorrow, there's mm. someone in, in my team that can do my job. Right. So they're, and, and, and obviously from, from recruiting within, they're going to know what to do mm. it's not just like walking in and they don't know what the hell's going on it's called the hit by the bus technique oh, you learn something new every day don't you? Chris um, we've also learned today that well I think some people already know Zoe Ward who's going to be taking on some of Steve Stoll's roles is Stuart Webber's wife what do you make of that? I don't I don't really have a comment to be fair I, I would um, I can imagine that the sceptical uh, negative pessimistic Norwich fans will be like Oh, it's his, it's his blooming wife, you know, and and I can, in a sense, understand maybe why people are initially worried about that. But as Chris has touched upon, you know, she's already worked for the club. Mm. She's already worked at football clubs as well. Um, and I, and I just I hope that we just treat her with respect, like we would with anyone else, because she's not really done anything wrong. Mm. Um, so my opinion is on it. Great, you know, crack on. Really, I don't really see it as an issue. Chris Ben Cancel was um, hired under the McNally regime in 2014 was the chief commercial officer at Charlton before that Dave McNally has had a few comments on Twitter today is there a return from Mr McNally (laughs) I'm impressed with your scouting this is this shows how football has changed and I was a commentator I thought you had to concentrate on the players and where they signed from the fact you've gone into the the the, the backroom staff at Carrow Road right up to the commercial LinkedIn is a good tool I'm I'm impressed yeah it's it's interesting isn't it um Football people who run football clubs, people who've been chief executives, they they tend to be a certain sort of person. People who like to make their voices heard. Um, you don't, and that's fine. You know, you you liken it to other businesses, and it is the same. If you're the sort of person that wants to become, you know, chief executive of a football club, you, you don't get it by hiding your light under a bushel. You're the sort of person that likes to go out there and say things and and make your point. And David McNally has done so today. You're right. So it, it it's interesting that a lot of people have. Go on, slightly, you're not Norfolk, no, no, I think a lot of people on. have slightly rewritten history, and, and they like to say that um, you know there was a massive mess when when Dave McNally left and, and all of this. Um, but whenever new people come to a football club, they always say, "Well, we." It's a bit like when a new government comes in; they always say, "We've cleaned up the mess yeah. that was left before." Yeah. And you get that in yeah. any regime, don't you? Yeah. Dave McNally and that regime made mistakes. They got things right as well, mm. and the, the, the people who take over always concentrate on, well, we've improved this, we've improved that. It, it's natural, isn't it? That's just what you do. So yeah. it's no surprise that when a high-profile person leaves a football club, they may have upset a few people along the way. Mm. You get it at any of level course. of business, mm. any level of football, don't you? Chris, um, I'm going to read you out a tweet here, very eloquently put by Harvey Folkard on Twitter. He tweeted Dave McNally, but, Oi, David, leave my steve alone. He sorted your mess. Mr. McNally replied with hardly. So what I'm in getting from this tweet is Mr. McNally still believes that Norwich City is a mess. It's just... Um, oh. where, where, how do you think the club has progressed in sort of the however many years it's been since, since Dave McNally left as, as CEO? Are we in a better place? 
So just touching upon, we'll go back to that question. Just touching upon the tweets, but I personally don't. I personally don't endorse that behaviour. I don't think it's. Look, he's not here anymore, and I'm sure that he had a six month non disclosure, which is why he's only just started piping up. Um, I, just, I think it's a wee bit arrogant, to be honest with you. I, th I think it's um, it's stirring the pot, and he doesn't really need to. Um, but then the the other side of the coin is he's getting Norwich fans tweet him, so I, I feel like he probably feels obliged, and and obviously he's become a Norwich fan, so I understand how he would like to respond. But 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 things like that. I, I mean, I personally just in a position of his power or what the power that he did have um, and the respect that people gained I think that stirring the pot now seems a bit bitter that's my honest opinion on it um, and then how the club has progressed in my opinion I feel like the the fans understand more um, I feel like the, the fans are more closely connected with the football club and to be fair, I think that the, the North City media team need to take credit for that as well, because I think that quite clearly that the, the leash is off since McNally's um, left, and I think the media team have been able to um, try to try to just be a little bit more transparent with fans, and, and I think that that's the, what what Stephen and 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 Stuart have done. I mean, I, I've touched upon it before we we went on air about you know Stuart Webber and Steve Stone. They both came out early doors and did lots of public speaking and they didn't need to, being very honest and open with everyone. There wasn't kind of any politics. It was just so honest and, and open, almost too much, but actually it was very refreshing. Um, so as long as we, we, we stay on that, I think it'll be fine. Um, I do. I just think that the whole Twitter thing is is pathetic, I think is the right word to use. Okay. Let's move on the pitch. Um, let's go out, out, of, out of the border and onto, onto the grass. Um, let's go back to last Wednesday. Uh, it was a trip to Derby for you. Um, you must have thought we'd, we'd nicked three points for, mm. for a little while. Yeah, I did. I, I, I think while Norwich were on that unbeaten run, as, as a Norwich fan of a long time standing, and I heard other Norwich fans saying the same thing, you kind of went into every game thinking, oh, this isn't going to last forever. Maybe <laughs> yeah. I know it's, it's know terribly negative, yeah. but you look at the Derby team on paper and you saw, you know, mm. I'll give you one name, Tom Huddleston, who I think is a, you know, a seasoned person on the bench. Mm. And you start to think, hang on. Martin you know, Well, you start to think this is a team, this Derby. Yeah. And <laughs> Norwich were, were brilliant. I thought they played some great stuff, really coped with, with Derby. And the, the great thing about being at Pride Park is you commentate from right behind the home dugout. So we could see Frank Lampard who doesn't look right in a suit, by the way. <laughs> because he looks, yeah, because you're so used to seeing him play football, mm. because he hasn't changed a bit, he looks odd in a suit. You was it a three-piece suit? Or? Yeah, I think it was. No, I don't have the waistcoat on. It's almost when like you, FIFA, isn't it? When you when you create your, your, yeah. your body type and whether you'll wear a suit or a tracksuit. You, you expect him to, to have a Chelsea shirt on there somewhere. <laughs> okay. But anyway, but looking at him at one point, just swing around and just kick out. Like, sort of oh, he was on the he was so frustrated with the way yeah. it was going. And I thought that was great. And I think Norwich, unlucky they didn't win that game. Mm. Great to see my mate, mate Tim Closer scoring the goal. And um, I think the same against Stoke as well. That The fact that Gary Rowett said afterwards he had to change his team and change his tactics because yeah. he'd seen how well Norwich were playing. Mm. I think we can take that as a great compliment. But I think the problem is now we're not taking teams by as much surprise as we were at the start of this run. Mm. So it might be time for another rethink. But... Um, but yeah, I put those two games in the same envelope, really, in that Norwich didn't win either of them, but they played really well in both. There was plenty to be optimistic about from both against yeah. squads that were much more expensively assembled and who had you know players on the bench that you are you are staggered are not 
currently getting yeah. in the championship team. Both, both, Matt, I think both those teams that, that we've played of late will, will be up there 100%. And I think if you look at the fixtures we've had, we've had some big fixtures, haven't we? We've had some big games. Mm. Um, and I think for me that the fixture list should be a wee bit nicer um, post-October. Mm. Um, obviously, it's a very, very tough October. Um, but, but, but November, December... I think that we should start to to rise again. Mm. Hopefully, in terms of the kind of squad rotation, Chris, I think I think we all expected certainly going into the derby game that there might be a few changes. The likes of Todd Cantwell, fantastic introduction, but you think that them legs are starting to tire a little bit. And then going into Stoke, I thought he must change things now, and there was still no change. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? We're kind of switching up so much, and then we go five games without making a single change. Well, I think this shows. That, that Daniel Farker has done what we all hoped he, he would. Mm. We started mm-hmm. last season saying, mm-hmm. look, we've got a head coach here who's new to English football, new to the championship, we'll give him a chance. Mm. But that, that, that terrible phrase that came up time and time again, work in progress. Mm. All fans were saying, we'll go with this so long as there is some progress. Yeah. And, and Daniel Farker said before the, the, the Stoke game, he was asked about, you know, you're not rotating as much as you did last season. Mm. And he said, yeah, he said, I've looked at it and I've learned the teams that are doing well this season at the top of the championship are the teams who are changing less. Yeah. Um, so this time last year and it happened that run of games he would have been making changes um, not necessarily for the sake of it you know, for, for good reasons because mm. he believes that players weren't quite fit enough or it needed mm. freshening up this season he hasn't and whether again with hindsight whether he should have done um, you just can't win can you no everyone will have their opinions on but in terms of the I don't think it was tiredness that cost them against Stoke. I thought they just came up against a very well-organised team. I don't think it's the youngsters either. I think that the youngsters have earned the right to, to remain in the squad. I think they've more than more than kept up. I think that Todd was maybe tiring up at the end a wee bit, maybe. Um, but actually, I think it, I think Daniel Farker, by playing those young players consistently, has massively empowered them. Mm. You look at Max Ahrens, game on game, he's just getting better and better and better, I think. How can you get better from that? And and he does. And I think that that is is through the empowerment of saying, "Go on, son. Let me see what you do, what you can do." And I think it's actually, if you were to say, you know, players getting tired, it's definitely the the, the oldens that are struggling with that. I, I would say don't don't forget how brave Daniel Farker has mm. been with some of these young players. Yeah. Um, you know, J- Jamal Lewis came into the side around Christmas last season when actually Norwich were really struggling and, and yeah. sliding down the table. Yeah. We had that run over Christmas, yep. or just after Christmas, where it was Birmingham and Burton and, and uh, I think Millwall after that. Yeah. And, and we were saying to ourselves, if we don't get points out of these, we're going to be in trouble. Yeah. That's when he brought Jamal Lewis into the team last season. Mm. Which, which, well, but just to challenge you, Chris, yeah. was that because he had to because it couldn't get any worse um, just to play devil's advocate with you maybe but how when Norwich have been in relegation battles before mm-hmm. I haven't seen managers go we'll give the youngsters a go yeah. very often yeah. they, they tend to stick when you're, when you're struggling that's when most managers go I need experience mm. I need to stick with what I know yeah, so enough. I think it was a very brave thing to do to throw Max Ahrens in for his league first league start Maximilian Ahrens Maximilian Ahrens of course yeah. Yeah. To, to throw him in for his first league start uh, in an East Anglian derby I yeah. mean that was what a brave move that mm. was he was seriously impressive at Cardiff a few days before but I didn't expect him to be starting the East Anglian derby and no, he did yeah. and, that is... and he was ridiculously good yeah, I'm I mean... just screaming Maxi and finding myself <laughs> in the Barclay just going Maxi yeah. yes Maxi with some expletives as well just when he bombs down the line it gets me up off my seat and I, I love honestly I love watching him play so, he's yeah. a superstar in the making so let, let's give Daniel Farkas some credit for this because he's, yeah. he's not it's not always been the easy option to go with the youngsters and, and I know that that's part of where the club is heading and they've encouraged him to do that but you know, when you're a manager under pressure it's it still takes guts to go mm. I'm going to play 
my faith in this young player who's never done this before because mm-hmm. you don't know until you see them at that level so he deserves a huge amount of credit for that and you look at what he did with James Madison last year Speaking of guts is it time <laughs> to play two up front? Two up front Well possibly in mm. some games Are we getting found out? You, Dennis Shrebrenny and Nelson so it's a, it's a lethal partnership isn't it? <laughs> I, do, I, do, my, I say it every blooming podcast. I just I see games go stale, and I feel like we should either at the beginning of the game get the game by the scruff of the neck and try and try and bang it in a few and really go for it, or if he wants to be stubborn and only do substitutions in seventy minutes, which he seems to love at the moment, then I feel like uh, when we brought on Jordan at the weekend, Stoke, did you see them sit back? They were immediately back, and 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 for me, I think that. I think we should be utilising that more. I think after the international break, I'd really like Daniel Farker to, to be even braver, um, not not just with his team section, but 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 with his formations. He doesn't he doesn't necessarily need to need to change the players that are in those positions because we can see that a player like Marcus Stephen can play anywhere, right? Mm. But it's been working so well over this month. Uh, it, at the start of the season, he did try and get Pukki and Rhodes in the same team, mm-hmm. and there was some good football, but the results weren't coming. It's mm-hmm. only since he's gone to one striker in the team. Mm-hmm. But actually, we've had a, an eight-game unbeaten run. Well, Pookie wasn't played as a striker in that. Run, he wasn't, was he? but he is a striker. And the last two, he lost. And he was getting goals. Was he with Rhodes as well? I th- honestly, I think those. I honestly think that the, the recipe to success is is Jordan Rhodes playing off Team in Pookie one hundred percent. But then the you sacrifice times, someone else. Yeah, and I'm fine with that. I don't. I still don't understand why we're playing two central defensive midfielders. I don't. Everyone's like, "Oh, Alex Tete's amazing." Go on then, play him on his own, and if he's good enough, let's do it and let's try and attack games. I just, I, for, for me, I, I watched Jordan and, and Timmy play at the start of the season, and I was excited watching them because it's been a few seasons since I've seen two strikers play off each other very well, win headers, but but not just winning them, directing them. And, and I know that sounds so simple, but it seems like well, for, certainly last season when we played Nelson up top on his own, that wasn't happening. And at the start of the season, I think that those two did start to create a good chemistry. And I think that they need to be given another opportunity at it. I definitely think so. Yeah, I, I, you don't need to play the same team, the same formation every game, though, do you? I think there are some games where Absolutely. you could say, actually, yeah, these two together might work. Yes. But there yes. are certain teams, and you, you look at the, at the midfield that Stoke had on, on Saturday with Ryan Woods, who I think is a good player. Mm, Joe yes. Allen was in there as well, wasn't he? And I mm-hmm. think if you said to Alex Tetty, right, you're on your own against that lot. I, think we've got to, I know he's good, yeah, but we've, no, we've got to give, there are some games where you've got to say, hang on a minute, you can't, you know, there are games where Norwich have looked good going forward and yeah. created lots of chances. West Brom, when they had both yeah. Rhodes and Pookie in the team, letting four at the other end. So the, it's all yeah. about a balance, and that's where Daniel Farker hasn't always got right. You know, they struggled mm. for goals mm. last season, but for a lot of the time, were water tight yeah. in the back. But the balance has been better this season. Yeah, but I, I, I don't. That. I also, I don't think you have to play the same team, same formation for every single game. I'm hopeful that I'm hopeful that we will attack games more when the, with respect, lesser games come. When Rotherham come to town, for example, we need to go all guns blazing. Daniel Farker needs to be saying to his team, "Go out and win me this game in the first half. Put it to bed, lads." That's what I'm hopeful. Do. I suppose the thing here is, Chris, is is that I think the last well, last sort of five wins have been by one goal margin. We saw yeah. this at this point last year as mm. well. A great run, ten clean sheets in a row, whatever True. it was. True. Um, or ten unbeaten, and it was all by one goal margins. It's been the same this year. I suppose the argument from some Norwich fans is it only takes 
an unlucky own goal and you're Absolutely. suddenly losing games. That's yeah. true, but I, we've got to remember we finished 14th in the league last year. Mm. We are not suddenly going to turn up this season with you take Madison Murphy, etc., out of that team that's just finished 14th. You can't expect to turn up and be beating decent, solid championship teams 3 and 4 nil every no. week. Agreed. You know, do not, don't do down a 1 nil or a 2 1 proper championship agreed. win. How many of the. People always hark back to the Paul Lambert um, regime, and I'm going to do it again here. But Good. Uh, how, how many? Okay we're, we're, we're verging on it here. <laughs> uh, I mean, yes, there were four nils and, and five and five ones, and of course, you know, the four one against Ipswich as well. But it wasn't like that every week. Don't forget the number of games that Norwich got won by the skin of their teeth. Yep. The number of games they didn't play well in and snatched two one or, or one nil. You know, that a successful Championship team has to be able to. To do that, to win games one nil, to win games two one, that's what Norwich have been good at over the, the last few weeks. So, I, I'd never expected Norwich to turn up this season and batter teams three, four, five nil. I, I just didn't see that happening. No, so but I'm very happy with a one nil win. No, no, of course, all I'm saying is though, Norwich fans want to see improvement, and I think yeah. we can, ex- we should expect improvement. And if yeah. we want to finish above 14th, we can't let it go the same way as which Preach. last season went. Preach. So. I'm, I'm just saying, let's not let's hope that this run doesn't turn into the run that happened yeah. last year. I, I think that's the worry that it does have similarities to last season, yes. and you just hope that it doesn't go the same way. But I think Norwich have got a better squad, if not a better team. Mm. You know, with, agreed. You, you yeah. can't say it's a better team because you know you, how are you going to replace Madison, someone like that. But I think the squad, and, and again, they have to take credit for this: losing the players they lost in the summer, and yet. Producing a squad where you go, oh, hang on, we've got Onel Hernandez and Jordan Rhodes on the bench here. Tom Tribal can't get a game at the moment. Yeah. Who was last yeah. season? That's was, mad. I still think yeah, he was an absolute fan's mm. favourite last mm. year. He's and I thought, favorite. I thought would come in this season and be a, you know, fitness depending. Yeah, would be one of our, our main players, and he cannot get a game. You know, that's it's not all bad. Right, let's go to Twitter questions. This is always an interesting part of the week. Now, Chris, you travel up and down the country, and Which you Chris? see. Yeah, sorry, this is getting confused. Like, no, I just he, have to make very good eyes. He's a proper fan. I'm a fair weather um, fan. Mascots. You mascots. see a lot of them. Okay. Now, the Unthanked Kitchen asks. So, mascot wrestling. <laughs> if you had to choose a mascot from another club to wrestle Captain Canary in a halftime competition, who would be the best opponent? Inspired by the Derby Ram diving following Lightness oh, Foul. Yes. Or would you prefer Captain Canary versus the Ipswich Town White Horse? <laughs> I would say the, the Derby Ram who um, decided to act up accusing Moritz Leitner of diving. Mm. The funniest thing about that was that the, the Ram clearly enjoyed the audience. But he did it, the first two or three times he did it, he got a big cheer. And then the Derby fans got bored of it and he was still doing it and getting no reaction at all. That was the mm. best thing about that. I always thought that we could have had a bit of uh, a bit of an in-house uh, affair. Do we, we don't have Splat the Cat anymore, do we? Oh, no. Splat the Cat. Rest in peace. I, I always thought when Splat the Cat left, the way to have done it would have been to one home match have cat have sort of. No, it wouldn't work like that. The other way around. One week have Splat the Cat come out of the tunnel right. without Captain Canary, and then he just runs into the middle of the pitch and just spits out a load of yellow feathers. Oh, that, that's quite dark. <laughs> you ever needed to that's get rid of cats? Because how can you have a cat and a canary yeah. living in harmony? Yeah, I always thought that was an uneasy truce, and then mm. one of them had to go, and and they have, and they have. So I suppose that's just it was, that's it was life, only going to end one way. I've watched enough David Attenborough documentaries <laughs> to know that cats and canaries don't get on well. Captain Canary would win a fight against most. He's, he's carrying some timber. Yeah, <laughs> honestly, I mean, I, I mean, I, I have been Captain Canary. <laughs> have you? I have actually been Captain Canary in my time at the football club, and um, it, he's a he's a heavy he's a heavy old boy. 
Yeah. So I feel like I mean a lot of mascots these days they're just a head with a with a normal body, aren't they? I feel like Captain Canary is is, is up there with, with the heavyweights. I'm going to play the BBC card here, and Ooh. I'm going to put Pudsy Bear. Pudsy, Pudsy Bear. Bear. Ooh, Come on. Okay. Pudsy, Pudsy Bear is man- not an aggressive. Pudsy Bear has managed with that bad eye for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if you can get through that, then yeah, very you know, true. You take on all comers in the football. Pitch. No, I've got it. The digital mobile phone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now that was a, a banger of a mascot. Well connected, of course. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that would take some taking on, wouldn't it? Did, did any of you follow the Harry the Hornet drama yeah. at Watford? Well, now, he... I feel like I was about four years ahead of this story because I can remember going to Watford. I think we lost 2 0. It was my 18th birthday. And Harry, Ho- Harry the Hornet really got in my head. Did I lost he? my cool. Did he? Um, yeah. I didn't like Harry the Hornet, and I'm glad no, he's gone. I, I think. It was Roy Hodgson, wasn't it? Who, who yeah. And I think the mistake Roy Hodgson made there—it's like his head as well. it's a little bit like mm. people who like to be a nuisance on social media, and the worst thing you can do is acknowledge them. Mm. I think with Harry the Hornet, Roy Hodgson just mentioning if he, just ignore these people, yeah. and they you deny them that oxygen of publicity, mm. and it blunts them. That's how come the Ram got away with it then? Because there was such a big hoo-ha about Harry the Hornet, but because how come even the, Ram the Derby got fans got bored of it. But but. I, I would because like to because we've decided not I to sincere, make a thing well it. I sincerely hope that, that, that Daniel Farker follows up with the FA about <laughs> about the RAM yeah, definitely yeah. I think that is a priority over the international break I mean what else has he got to do my favourite uh, mascot of the season was West Brom's tumble dryer okay enjoyed that one um, Haysto asks now we've had Big Dave on the podcast name as many service stations as he could in 30 seconds <laughs> good luck I mean to all four <laughs> corners of the country with Neil Adams and Rob Butler I'm sure Chris Gorham has stopped off a fair few can you beat Big Dave's total? Now, I've been back through the records. Yeah. Big Dave managed 12 service stations in 30 seconds. 12. So we will be getting the stop. Hang on, hang on. Is it an international week by any chance? Do you want me to time? I'll time and you count. <laughs> you time. Yeah. I'll count. What have I got to do? So you have got to name as many service stations. We didn't stations brief you on this, did we? Up and down the country in 30 seconds. Okay. Right. Should we... Okay. Okay. Should we just throw them straight in? You yeah. ready? Right, let's go. Three, two, one, go. All right, Sixthorn, Cambridge, Birchanger Green, um, Norton Keynes, Corley, Lee Delamere, Fleet. Corley's looking strong. Scotch here. Corner. This is Four Wentways. Wow. Have I said Cambridge? Yes, yeah, said oh. Cambridge. Um, South Mims. Halfway. Reading, Halfway. Membry, Cherwell Valley. There we are. 13. Come on. Ten keep going, keep going. Right, I'll retire. No, then. keep going. I'll retire. Mic drop. Really? <laughs> Alright then, so Is he beating him? He's yeah. got five stars. Yeah, there's 13. Yeah. So I told my family and friends that in the time. That's like, that's, that's at least five seconds ahead of schedule. Alright then, so. That's like the time on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire where, where the guy says, I'll, I'll use my phone a friend. He calls his dad and says, Dad, I'm about to yeah. win a million oh, pounds. Dear. Boom! <laughs> I mean, you, you've, you've cruised that, so what would be the pointless answer? Oh, I would say four went ways. Four went ways, yeah. That's, you know, it's not. Yeah, that's pretty that, niche. Yeah. It doesn't, this, this shows how, when you follow Norwich away from home, <laughs> if you've had somebody do this already, it shows what really makes you tick, doesn't it? Following yeah. Norwich away from home. And what's your favourite out of all of them? Now, it, interestingly, <laughs> I say that, the, the, it, my favourite one is not a service station. Oh, you're not going to say the farm shop, are you? I'm not going to say no. the farm shop, no. Does that count? There must be so Can much. Can that? I'm going to be quite gruesome here. There must be so much piss. <laughs> stale piss around the outside of that car park the amount of old boys I've seen just kind of what, the know, shop? Get, get out of the bus and just give it the zoop yeah. and then just you know go for it I mean fair play I'm just going to put my drink down <laughs> alright then so 
you said, well, is the farm shop a service station? What is a service station? Well, all, what I, makes... all I was going to say is, if you're coming into Norfolk <laughs> on the A11, before you get to Barton Mills, yeah. there's a turn-off and there's a nice farm shop. Is there? Yeah, at a place called, I think it's Chippenham, I think it's called. Mm. I'm not, obviously, as a true BBC man, I'm not going to give you the name. And yeah. Oh, it. And of course, others are available. There's a, there others are available, but there's a nice farm shop very close to the A11. Mm. What's your go-to snack there? Um... Well, it's got to that. be a bacon sandwich, isn't it? Okay. On the way day. But, like and I think I've just broken your broken you here, Chris, because you and Rob said there's been no fast food consumed all year. Bacon sandwich isn't fast food. Is that not fast yeah. food? Okay. That, 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 the that loophole, whole thing, <laughs> that whole thing survives on your definition of fast food. Okay, okay. Yeah. I'll let you off there. Um, Lewis Coleman, this is simple. Three things you love about Norwich City, Chris. Um, I love, I love the smell of the grass. At 3 p.m., I, lo- I love the freshly cut grass, and I, I, I particularly like it at the start of the season mm. when you can see the, the the untouched six yard area, and I, I, and I love that. Um, I what else do I love? Should we do one each? We'll go back. <laughs> I'm just intrigued. Does the grass smell different at Carrow to normal grass? Well, actually, Norwich City have the same grass supplier as as, as Wembley Stadium. Do they? Yeah. Good. Um, so it's the finest of grass, of good. course. Good. Um, good. Let's go back. Let's do one each and go back. We'll go one back. thing you love about I need to think of something profound. I, I thought when you first said it, I thought three things you love about Norwich City with us three sat here. So oh. you can have that as the title. You know. Yeah. Boom. It's not, nice. not going to work though, is it? No, no go with that. No it's not clickbaity enough. No, it's not. I'm sorry. Five things clickbaity. <laughs> we need an exclusive. Three things I love about Norwich City would be. Your new gantry. What's this is the best sound, thing about the gantry? This is going to sound lame when I first say it, so but it's going to take some explanation. Oh okay. God, here so we go. the lame part of it. Three things I love about Norwich City: the colour yellow. Now I'll exp- no no exactly. I'll explain. No, I like it's that. when you go to an away ground. Mm. No, I'm with you. And you're we're always away from the Norwich fans with the jobs that we do, and yet you can look and you can you can pick out where the Norwich fans are immediately. They don't wear boring old blue or red or mm. and you have to go where are the where are the away fans mm. because. Most Norwich fans that travel have a yellow mm. scarf, a yellow replica shirt. You can pick them out anywhere. Love and that. It, that's what I love about Sport I back that. City. The, the colour yellow. You love the colour. I love the colour. I know that sounds bad, but. Good. Oh, are you going? Are you not answering this um, question? The, We're struggling at the moment, aren't <laughs> the, we? Well, we do love Norwich. We do love Norwich. Um, uh, I. The thing I Delia, love about Norwich Delia, is that Bristol on. Rovers polls watches every, every week. Now, Chris, you, you might not know this, but for all 63 episodes, Hang Bristol on. Rovers polls. Are we, just, are we just getting rid of the I, question? No, no, no. I think the so thing Jamie I love about... Then. <laughs> yeah, Jamie Curriton. Yeah. The thing I love about Norwich City is we're kind of universally loved. Although this season, we're kind of hated by quite a lot. So we're kind of in that mm. transition between do we hate them, do we love them? Mm-hmm. I love that. Anyway, Bristol Rovers polls asks... The hardest name you've had to say while doing <laughs> Okay, a bit of few, and some I definitely get wrong a lot, but I remember being at Fulham when Norwich were probably in the Premier League a few years ago. Okay, it wasn't uh, the 5-0, was it? It wasn't the one no, where we went down. We, we no, it wasn't that. It was later than that. God, that was and awful, they that made game. one substitution, which I had to describe. I think it was quite early on in the game. They took off Pavel Pogrebniak, yeah. 
and they brought on, and I'm still not sure about this, <laughs> Alexander Kakaniklik. Oh, yes. So that's, okay. that's the most complicated substitution I've ever had to describe. I Fulham suppose. are taking off Pavel Probredny <laughs> and bringing on Alexander Kakaniklik. Was that his name? I'm not. Do you know I'm Kakanik- yeah. I thought you were going to go quite Greek then. I thought you was going to be a Lepidipidipidopoulos. <laughs> One of those. Stelios Shanakopoulos was always quite a mouthful. Yeah, but you just Bolton called him Stelios. Yeah, so Stelios, yeah. yeah. The, the, the name I've struggled to pronounce this season... Is Birmingham striker Yukus Yukchevich or Lucas Yukchevich? Lukas Yukchevich. Well, is that struggle, easy, is it? But you struggle to pronounce yeah. Ipswich, Jack. <laughs> Ipswich. He always says Ipswich. Yeah, Ipswich. He puts, yeah. A, he puts an extra D in there, which is quite enjoyable. So, mm, good. Uh, now, this has got five <clears throat> likes, this. <clears throat> good. Five likes. This, this comment. So, this is really Goodness, good. This, this is from Salutin Strabeni. <laughs> um, Salutin Strabeni is some say that when he scores, his hand is automatically attracted to his head. All we know is that he's never smiled in his life and he's called Dennis Shrebeni. Have you ever seen Dennis Shrebeni smile? He must have done when he scored at Cardiff. I don't remember it, but he must have done. No, he didn't. He didn't. No, I have. I have seen him smile. Yes, I'll tell you exactly Behind the scenes, maybe. No, no. First day of the season, Birmingham away. Okay. O'Neill Hernandez scored two goals and was brought out for a rare interview and wasn't massively comfortable with doing an interview in English. Okay. So they sent out out Dennis Trebeni as a translator. No, they didn't. They did. Did they? And he he didn't need it. Yeah, he did not need the... um, uh, but there was one moment where <laughs> Onel Hernandez had to talk about the second goal that he scored, yeah. and he had to say, "Yeah, it was a great pass from um, Dennis Trebeni, who stood right next to him." And that's when Dennis Trebeni smiled. Oh. So yes, I have seen Dennis Trebeni smile. That's Probably big. one of the few people who've seen Dennis. <laughs> that could be an exclusive. Yeah, I think that might be the title right there. Yeah, the man who's seen Dennis Trebeni smile. Um, right. The question is, Chris, what ground is the best commentary you've been in? Right. We'll, we'll stick with that first. Also. What um, chances do Norwich City have of promotion this season? I would say best commentary position at the moment, and this again sounds like I'm, um, you know, trying to feather my own nest. But what we've got at Carrow Road at the moment is pretty special. The gantry yeah. is perfect height. It's quite high. It's on the halfway line. Anywhere like that is great. So far this season, Sheffield United is similar. Mm-hmm. That's been that's a really good place to commentate. So is, is Reading actually because you're Reading. nice and high and you're on the halfway line. That's no all there The worst one, Wickham. Where oh, okay. um, we were level with the edge of one penalty area, mm. and I think five of the seven goals were scored. Oh, blimey! And my and my my main problem with Norwich this season, my main criticism, yeah. is this luminous. Is it the third kit? Yeah. That kit? Yeah. They've put white numbers on the back. Of it. Oh, I did oh. see. You yeah, can't yeah. see it. Yeah. You cannot see the numbers on the back of it. So that's my. That's the thing. That is the thing that's most upset me about Norwich City this season. It was one of the few times I've seen you angry. On I Twitter. was angry. Yeah, yeah. I was because you can't see the numbers. Yeah. A real, a real shame. Um, Commentate the problem. Now let's move on to Willemots Limited. Now um, this is of course the daily life of contract groundsmen. Come rain or sun, weeds will always outgrow grass. <laughs> God, I love the buyer. Is your garden okay at the moment? Any weeds outgrowing the grass? It's mainly concrete. Is so it okay? That's one way so of dealing with the weeds. Get, get if everyone was like you, Chris, Willemots wouldn't have a job. No. Um, anyway, what's the best press room food? I've oh, scarified my lawn since Willemots told me. By the way. By the way, with yeah, the definitely an international week, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> lawn scale fires. What was the question again? Um, um, the food. best press room now, food. Can I ask you too how you feel about when reporters talk about the food? Are you going to say Ian Abrahams? I wasn't going to. Gonna, no, no, no. Him. I wasn't going to mention any names. I was going to say that I know that most people who go to football have to pay a fair amount of money to eat, mm. and I always think we're lucky. Yeah. Wherever we go mm. to games. Rob and I have a bit of a thing about this. We know that we're lucky that we mm. do get food laid on at most grounds. So we, we've we made a sort of conscious decision not to talk about it very much because 
we're lucky. No, no, we're, you're or on are, this podcast. Are people interested? No, no, to... we're in. I'm interested. We okay. want to know, you know all what? of the prawn sandwiches you've consumed. <laughs> I don't feel like you're doing your job properly if you don't review the food. Okay, because all that's right. a vital part of the matchday experience. Absolutely. In, in that case, then. <laughs> in that case, lobster. In that case, I was sat. Well, watching the League Cup draw the other week, going Chelsea away, Chelsea away. Oh, <laughs> oh man! Oh really? Yes. Good. Yeah, yeah. It's like I, I would say it's like eating in a five star hotel if I'd ever been. Wow. To a, if I'd ever been okay. to a five star hotel. So what, what are we? Because what I imagine okay. it's like you yeah. can and. and now there are some. Pressure I imagine it's here. Fun. We go. I have a bit of fun. Yeah, Drop the BBC. There are some like Derby, okay, which is fine. The food was fine. Cottage pie, very nice. But they give <laughs> you a voucher. Pie. They give you a voucher, and you have to hand it over. So you only go up once. Chelsea. As many times. Come as you on, yeah. <laughs> round and round you go, yeah. you can, and you get. Oh, it's do you have to go on a diet before you go to Chelsea you, to kind uh, of? You, you know, certainly. You need yeah. to. You need to consider you, it. You certainly. It's a big part of the day, but uh, yeah, it's it's important. So, it's important. So does that mean when you're going to Chelsea, you're kind of almost fasting before the game because you want to yeah, make the most well, of it? You want. Yeah. You want seconds. You want thirds. You want fourths. But then, I'm, as I'm always saying to people, you know, if we were on the air at two. <laughs> you've got to have your lunch before you go on yeah. and you're probably not getting back home again from Chelsea till about 9, 10 at night mm, so yeah. you've probably got to have your tea as well while you're there <laughs> here's a question so, Chris here's a question I've been dying to ask you what do you do for, for energy? Cause, because energy. you no, no, because you're, you're, you're constantly going you're, you're on it for, for so long and it's so intense is there a do you, do you have a little secret tipple of, of whiskey or something <laughs> or, or <laughs> whiskey obviously has a different effect on you than it does um, me uh, do you, <laughs> what, 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 how do you get the energy um, in your body? It's just caffeine mainly. It's, it's, tea, oh, it's, just, it's tea, it's oh, coffee. Oh, I thought you were going to say I'm really something. Sorry. Like, I don't yeah. know. Um, we used to have we used to have a really nice chap, uh, a steward at Carrow Road, Ken the steward, <laughs> who used to look after us very well with sweets and jelly babies and all sorts. Yeah, he used to go home that. feeling a bit sick because he'd be. He's now been moved to other duties. <laughs> <laughs> they found out. Cost, it was, cost cuts, when yeah. he was in charge of the gantry, man, we we ate well. Yeah, yeah. That was and, the Steve Stone. Yeah, we're was. very, you know, very, very grateful to him. But he's, he's still around, Carol Rose. And, so. and you, you, I think you tweeted me the other week, Chris, one of the BBC training <laughs> videos. I was such a big. I, I did watch it. and I thought this guy's getting paid good money to basically say drink water. <laughs> no, no, what, no, 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 that's what. what no, 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 let's not sugarcoat this. This training video was saying <laughs> right. drink water. Okay, this is. Were you impressed by how quickly I managed to find yes, that? Yes, I was actually. Which is yeah. how often I, I dig it out. There's a guy called Rob Nothman who, if you're a, if you are a very keen listener to Radio Five Live, <laughs> okay. you might know the name because he okay. pops up on big golf tournaments, Grand National Day, doing mm. all the betting. Um, his main job is to go around TV and radio stations, training commentators and summarisers. Yeah, and he's done a lot of the BT Sport commentators. He's worked with anyone who's commentated. He's worked with them. right. Okay. He's the go-to bloke that, comment, the that, that trains commentators. Okay. And there's a video that he's put on the BBC Academy website where he's going through the do's and don'ts. If you want to be a commentator, this is what you've got to yeah. do. And about two and a half minutes in, about, he says, never, never, he says, never commentate on an empty stomach mm. because one thing listeners don't want to hear is your stomach rumbling. And there you go. Commentating. And it is, as you've said, you've got to concentrate a lot. That's a good you excuse cannot do Chris. the job on an empty stomach. Are the microphones really that sensitive? You cannot do the job on an empty stomach. No. <laughs> it's official BBC advice. Any kids growing up who want to be commentators? Eat. Eat, drink. That's yeah. the, we, we've got permission. 
<laughs> Amazing. Um, New York Canaries. What's the worst experience you've ever had in Big up the New York Canaries, by the way. Worst experience I've ever had interviewing Norwich City. That would be. <laughs> that would be. Do you remember Alan Gow? Yeah. Alan, Alan Gow. Alan Gow. Yeah. Alan, Alan One of those players that joined in that fateful relegation season mm, for the what a Championship. Um, he just. I. Look, I, if I was one-on-one with a goalkeeper in front of the Barclay, I probably couldn't score. So to expect footballers to be comfortable in front of a microphone, yeah. you know, we all have our different strengths and weaknesses, mm. don't we? I think he just wasn't comfortable in front of a microphone. And if you asked him a question, you'd probably get a two- or three-word answer mm. some of them. But that's fine. You know, not all players are comfortable with it. What about Johnny Howson? He was a bit of a... Mm. I liked him. Yeah. Yeah, tough to edit his pieces. He was just yeah, a good egg, though, enjoyed interviewing Bless him. Actually. He was a good egg, wasn't he? Even though he, you know, he was very considered and... I think his accent maybe yeah. didn't help him. He sometimes saying some quite good stuff, mm. but because he often prefixed it with uh, "possibly so," people just thought, you know, <laughs> it's a bit Irish. Yeah, right? but maybe, yeah okay. Yeah. So yeah. you always threw me a few house and clips to cut on a Sunday morning, at like <laughs> six in the morning, and you were like, "Yeah, Jack, cut me sort of a twenty-second clip." And yeah. It was hard because you just yeah, get like three yeah. words in a twenty-second clip. Yeah. But I like Johnny. Hanks. Maybe that's why he liked because he just gave it to other yeah. people to edit. Yeah. I like Maybe it. That's it, yeah. Um, right, I'm sorry, all of these questions are very long. Right, Bridget James, I haven't read this, so... This could go anywhere, This then. could literally go anywhere. This will be fab. I'm not sure what it is about this podcast, maybe. Can't wait. Question for Chris. How do you come up with the amazing goal descriptions that we come to know and love, which give us goosebumps? E.g., Grant Holt writes his, Norwich, his name in Norwich City folklore. Are they natural? On the spot, or do you plan phrases? Mm. Um, I think actually, I've heard no, you say something about this before. Yeah, actually. I heard another commentator talk about this recently, and I think it was Peter Drury. Mm, uh, BT. Yeah, and I he said this. He said exactly the same that I would say is that you, you cannot plan them. He's a plan, surely. You cannot plan them. How Who's the you... guy that did the right the Roman match? Your yeah, favorite. yeah, that was Peter Drury. Yeah, that's planned. That's planned. I don't Surely. think you can. How yeah. can you? Because if you think of all the things that can happen in a football match, yeah, but Chris, you're a class above. Yeah, no, no, no. Uh, this, guy, this geezer's planned it. 100%. No, if, so I'm, I, you, what is the point of me sitting down on a Friday night and going, well, "If Teddy scores, I'll say this," and mm. then if you know, it, it, if Max Aaron scores, and if it's like in the last minute, I'll say, yeah. it's, "What a waste of time." No, mm. but I love so, it because I think if you're more natural, it just comes across I, as so much more. I would emotional. hope so. I would hope so. Absolutely, and I think it does. The, the one thing I always say is that you all commentators you are only as good as what you're given mm. you know you can't mm-hmm. the old mm-hmm. thing about not being able to polish a turd if you <laughs> I've commented on nil nil I've commented on nil nil draws against Walsall and funnily enough the commentary clips from those games are never brought up yeah. ever again it's when you get those amazing moments that you they almost speak for themselves so are you telling me that is, this isn't scripted Roma have risen from their ruins <laughs> Manolis the Greek god in Rome the unthinkable unfolds before our eyes this was not meant to happen this could not happen this is happening it is a Greek from Mount Olympus who has come to the seven hills of Rome that is true and pulled Chris, off a Chris, miracle Chris, no, no, are you saying that's not scripted you see that Chris, I'm there's no he's, way. He's, You're being far too. But nice again, there. so he's so. Can you remind me what the score was before that game? What do you mean? The, the game that he's talking. The, about. They got thumped, didn't they? Yeah. They got thumped. Roma, so it was very yeah. unlikely. So he had to prepare for the fact that not only would Roma yeah, turn around this yeah, deficit, right. yeah. that it would be the Greek defender that never scores who would score the goal. <laughs> it's a good point. See, he, why would you? Why would you, as a commentator, sit and go, "Well, if they turn this amazing, why would you do that?" One 0 Chrissy G. But there, he's got fantastic history. Knowledge. Yes, great he's intelligent man. knowledge. That's all it is. Some people are more intelligent than us, Jack. Maybe we're just dumb. <laughs> yeah. Maybe we're Game just set match. I'm afraid that's what it is. I have to accept. A Some lack people of intelligence. Are, you know, 
Something it's probably... cutting and it hurts, but you know. <laughs> I'm including myself in it as well. Okay. I couldn't come up with something like that on the spot. Neither could I. <laughs> and maybe, maybe, maybe it just you know you've hit a bit of a sore point. Okay, sorry. Um, Dano, oh Dano Hagen's chipped in. Has oh, he talking about last week? Basically Pens. saying that um, is he is da- Dan Penno Hagen? <laughs> yeah. Dan the Pen. He's Dan O'Hagan. You should change your Twitter name to Dan the Pen O'Hagan. Sorry, there's there's so many questions here. And I'm just trying to find. I want to find one more that we can maybe end. Oh, on. T- t- um, FIFA Tony. He FIFA. wants a shout out. FIFA Tony. He didn't have a question though. He says, "Can I come oh. on your podcast?" Yeah, it was, That's a question. It was me. And- I'll be in touch with you, Tony. <laughs> oh, here we go. This is a good one. Matt Gregory. Um, basically saying that the club is in good hands and a far better state than when Steve joined. Wish him all the best. Now, I want to tell Chris, um, I heard this breaking news on <laughs> Canary AM hat. Hashtag retro. Yeah. Radio Canary. Yeah. Nice hat. Yeah. Do you know what's incredible about that hat? Oh, here we go. No. Right, look at it carefully. Radio Canary, yeah. it's all, if people can see this, can't they, on social media. Yeah. See that black bubble on the top of the house? Oh, this one? Yeah. Do you know, do you know what that is? <laughs> is that like some kind of satellite? Oh, it? no. It is what a is it? hat with integral radio. <laughs> in you're the, Back in the olden not. days, no, it's you're not. Yeah, when, yeah, when wireless was king, Chris, and you, you people wouldn't remember, because I'm now starting to feel very old, in the mid-90s, when I was probably about your age, they started a thing up called Radio Canary. Do you know about this? No. No. Uh, I didn't want to embarrass you, Chris. Radio but... Can- I wasn't involved with it. So oh, okay. It Radio Canary was some was a, and it was a big trip for the internet, okay. when clubs didn't have their own websites, a few experimented with having their own radio stations okay. that would broadcast just on match days. Radio Canary. And Radio Canary was, you could get it on, what's the wavelength on there? 1602 AM. 1902. <laughs> oh, exactly. 1602 AM, you could get Radio Canary. And you could listen to features and news and views from within the club, mm. and then the coverage of the match, I think. But you had to be within five miles of Carrow. <laughs> <laughs> Is that true? Of Of course it's true. I've just got this right. vision of loads yeah. of people sitting in so Morrison. Do, do you in. remember, um, a few years ago, we used to present <laughs> our programmes from the studio at the back of the Snake Park. Yes. Yes. yes, yeah, yeah. That is that was the abandoned Radio yeah. Canary studio, and they kept the sign up for a long, and, long time. Yes, and some of those signs may or may not now be in the homes of Radio Norfolk employees Ooh. not me Ooh. <laughs> exclusive I haven't, I haven't got one but there are a few of them I think that's had a lasting effect though because the amount of people that I see particularly old boys which by the way I, I love and respect and admire I love how, I, mean, I, can, I can actually hear you rabbling on because they, they've got them rabbling in, on they've got, they've got them in their ear and, and, they're, and they're walking down to the ground they've got their radio mm-hmm. and they're listening to the pre-match stuff and that's Brilliant. Well, when, when again, oh, sorry. They listen to it whilst watching the game. When it's I was brilliant. Kid, you used to get people didn't have headphones, they had transistor radios, <laughs> and you'd be walking away from the ground and you would hear the results yeah. through other people's radios. Those were the days. So, we, so you used to wear the hat. <laughs> I didn't, it's not no, mine. No, no, I know it's not yours. <laughs> yeah. Right, you could wear that. What you can't see on there is so, un- underneath the hat, it's got integral earphones. Oh my goodness. <laughs> so oh you'd plug, you'd put them Lord in your ears. Surely and this is some kind of health and safety, like. Health problem. and safety? That well, if it rains. Health and safety wasn't an issue back then. <laughs> Surely yeah. you're getting electrocuted. Yeah, no, we didn't have health and no, safety. It's just those a bit days. of water, Jack. What are you on about? Yeah. Health and safety's gone mad these days. Yeah, it's honestly, you snowflakes. <laughs> yeah. Those days, almost like millennial snowflakes. Yeah, we used to go out with our hats. You can't clap in a university now, can you? That was bad. <laughs> no, you can't clap and you can't wear radio canary hats. <laughs> what radio is going on in this world? You can't yeah. clap in the Gerald stand, that's for sure. Anyway, on that note, we'll leave it there. An education this week, I think. I think. I think that's for sure. 
Um, an international break coming up. Is Timu Puki going to be another UEFA Nations League hero? He's, he's a legend, isn't he? That's already, he's a Finnish legend. <laughs> mm. UEFA Nations League. He is actually league. a legend, to be fair. Yeah. Tom Huckabee, I'd just like to remind you, with every league goal, the tattoo artist is warming up to get your derriere tattoos. Timu Puki, 22, at the end of the season. I look forward to seeing it, and I will be following up with your father to make sure it happens. Just to fill you on this, Tom Huckabee promised that he'd get a tattoo he of Timu Puki's name on his... Yeah. Derriere. But um, if Team Apuki scores 10 league goals this season. All I'll say is if you young people today had baseball caps with integral radios, <laughs> you wouldn't need to make rash bets on the internet with each other. No, that's yeah. true. It's, yeah. no, it's bad for you all. Yeah. Go outside and do something else. Go get some fresh air. Go and get Stop a watching hat. the internet. Go and wear silly hats. Chris, real pleasure to have you on, mate. Good to see you, mate. What's up, man? Uh, yeah, it's hit subscribe on um, the, the iTunes thing um, and, and go and check out Radio Norfolk. You've got new studios. Mm. Yes. Which is good. Starting this week, mm. have you learned? I think it's things? going to be. It might be worth listening because a few mm. of us have, you know, are very used to the old way of working. Mm. So if you want to hear people getting mm. used to new technology, tune in. I've got a request as well. Follow Talking Rock City on Instagram. Okay. For some amazing content. Good. Yeah. Follow that as well. See you later. <laughs>